0: Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, a.k.a. entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. All right, welcome everybody! Another edition of the Empowering Entrepreneurs of Harper and Company Way. This is Glenn Harper. Julie Smith. And we are welcoming our guest today, Alexi Maitland, another fellow entrepreneur, uh, is basically starting off her entrepreneurial journey uh, as a we'll call her a millennial at the very end, of, beginning of it, which is always exciting to see how these kind of people think. And she's a driving force for promoting and helping individuals identify and achieve their physical fitness, nutrition, and bodybuilding goals. Her social media platforms have been growing and influencing countless followers. Thanks, Alexi, for being part of our show.
1: No, thank you guys for having me on. I'm super excited.
0: That's great. I understand you're originally from St. Louis, uh, I pronounce the S, Missouri, and currently live in Tampa, Florida. Is that true?
1: Yes, that is true. So I moved to Tampa in the fall of 2017 for school, where I went to the University of Tampa. So that's what brought me down here. And then I graduated last May and definitely decided I wanted to stay down here. I did not want to go home to, to the cold.
0: So you definitely don't prefer the Midwest and freezing wind chills.
1: I don't, not only for the weather, but for me, a big deciding factor in staying here in Tampa was just the opportunity for me. Um, You know, even though what I do is essentially virtual like work, I can do it anywhere. I feel like I'm the individual that thrives off of like an environment. And um, I just, I love it down here. I feel very motivated. I like being around, you know, all the people. And so, yeah, I love it.
0: Did you uh, forsake the Chiefs and pick up, adopt the Buccaneers then, or how'd you do that?
1: I'm probably the worst Tampa person there is because I <laughs> know we are such like a sports city now, but I am so bad. I don't really follow any of it. I am going to, um, like, I've, I've been to a game before. I just, I don't know. I'll go for fun, but I, I'm, I'm not a big wig fan on it all. And, and, and the funny thing is, is I live like a mile away from our hockey arena as well never been to a game even even though they're like really good so
0: only a matter of time till you get sucked in
1: I know I know
0: well we uh we share an uh, affinity for fitness um I'm fitness the stake in my tummy <laughs> then I got to punish myself with a four mile jog to get back to neutral um but oh I think God. you're more you're more of a fitness uh fanatic which is kind of exciting um how did you get involved with that
1: yeah so I would say ever like growing up ever since I've I can't even remember. I've always been athletic growing up. It's kind of been like my identity. Everybody was always known me to be the like very active, um, sports driven individual. So I was a competitive gymnast starting when I was seven. I did that until I was about 14 or 15. Um, and then throughout high school, I was, I I joined the cheer team, but on top of that, I also started running with my mom. Um, and we did a couple half marathons together. And then, um, You know, I I was really into running, and you know anybody out there who has taken up running, like long distance running, can know it. It it gets a little sometimes obsessive, like you, like I I feel like in a good way. But you, you, my dad, basically one day was like Lexi, you need to, you know, try something else out. Like you can't just run the rest of your life. So he got me a personal trainer um, at the local gym, and so I started with that, and. I mean, that was probably my junior year of high school. And when I got a personal trainer um, and he started teaching me like the proper way to actually weightlift, I just grew to really love it and started doing my own research and kind of went towards that route where I would, I was doing more weightlifting rather than just cardio. Um, And it was just really something I enjoyed. So I started it like my late years of high school, and then ended up kind of making a last minute decision to change my major um, to exercise physiology, um, rather than entrepreneurship going into college, just because I felt like it was just such a big part of my life at that point, um, like fitness and nutrition that I wanted to go to school for that.
0: So I, so you're saying that there's a proper way to lift weights and exercise. I thought you just show up to gym cold and put on heavy weights, and then you know.
2: So in all fairness, Glenn just goes to the gym. He doesn't actually use anything. It's but a if, wonderful place. But if he place. gets there, it's it's a win win for him.
1: So he goes, are you one of the people that goes there for like social hour and likes to mingle?
0: No, I don't like to talk to anybody. I just like oh. to look at the cool machines. He
1: probably
2: sits in the locker room, like changes his clothes and he's ready to go. And then, you know, half hour later, he's ready to leave.
0: I'm more of an executive guy. I like to sit in the steam room and then, you know, ponder things and think about things. You know, I don't actually want to break a sweat, cardio. But no, I, I do love joining and, and exercising. And it is an amazing thing when you, when you finally realize when uh, you, you think you know how to do it, but then you really don't. And then when somebody actually tells you the right way and then you see the results, it's it's an amazing transformation, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know when I first started working with my personal trainer, you know, he was very blunt with me. He was like, Lexi, you know, like, so here's, here was the thing. Like, I felt like I was in such incredible shape when I was a long distance runner and all of that, but I never really felt like I like looked the part, like, you know, nobody would look at me and really think, Oh, she's in incredible shape. I mean, I just kind of looked average, but it really wasn't until I started dabbling with weight training and learning the proper like mechanics there that I um, like actually started to see a change in my physical appearance and I actually had muscle and I actually looked like I was somebody who lifted weights.
0: How cool is that? I noticed you got your Alexi on your shirt. I'm I'm intrigued. I want to get my name. on like, that is totally cool. I've got a little yeah. initial, but I got to get something like that. Julie, is that appropriate? No. Oh, all right. He Damn has,
2: it. so you'll, you'll like this. He has G money on his sleeve. You know, to represent how he thinks of numbers. Well, no,
0: people call me that, so I gotta roll with it. So let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this. So one of the cool things about, you know, being an entrepreneur, so again, you work at a training place, but you also on the side have your own brand. You're out there training other people and doing your thing. And the the question we all that I was curious on is, is it Harder to go in the gym, grab as with a trainer teaching you how to get in shape to do one of your competitions. Is that harder, or is it harder to actually take somebody who wants to be in shape and transform them and keep them motivated to do such a thing?
1: That's a really good question. Um, hmm, I you know I want to say I'm very like I'm kind of robotic and like routine like. So when somebody tells me to do something like when I'm training for my competitions, I don't feel like I really struggle with going to the gym and, you know, my diet and all of that. Um, But I think the hardest thing for me when I'm personally prepping for a bodybuilding show is just the days where you have lower energy. And, you know, we all have those days. But I think, you know, when it comes to working with clients, um, yeah, I think that it depends on the client, but it can be hard sometimes to relate to the client. Like, just keep going. Like, I promise you, you're going to feel better. We're going to get where you need to go. Um, It's sometimes hard to relay that information over to somebody and, you know, to really gain that trust in them. Um, But I have really grown to love, like, coaching and, and not only coaching, um, you know, people from all walks of life with all different goals, but I really have grown to love like coaching, um, girls with the same ambition, like where I started, where they want to compete in their first, um, bodybuilding show. So that's a hard question. I feel like they both have their pros and their cons. So I feel like they're kind of both equal.
2: So I have a question for you. How, you know, when you're coaching these, these girls or, you know, people from all walks of life, How do you get these people to get out of their own way? Because essentially, you are coaching them to get out of their own way. How do you help change their mindset and help shift some of those mental blocks that people have in regards to that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, all of my coaching is done virtually. So it's all online, which can you know, sometimes people are like, how do you do that all online? Right. How do you make it personable? So I, you know, really like to, I always send video responses back to my clients. So they kind of see me on their computer screen talking to them. So they get that personal aspect. Right. Um, And so I do my best to always explain, you know, every week when we're checking in um, anything we need to address, I always like to explain it in that video. It's so much easier and typically more beneficial than just typing out a response, right? And gaining their trust. So I feel like that helps them to, you know, that helps them to gain trust in me. Um, But I also think like as a coach, I have to make sure I'm extremely upfront and, um, you know, direct right off the bat before somebody wants to sign up with me, um, with not only like what my expectations are as a coach, but also, you know, telling them upfront what to expect, because I find that if somebody knows kind of what they're getting themselves into, and they know exactly what to expect, they're more likely to, you know, trust you along the way and to fulfill, you know, the program and to do what they need to do rather than like, if I don't tell them upfront what to expect, you know, we may get halfway through the plan and they're like, Oh, Lexi, like, this is not what I signed up for. Or this is not something I expected. So, you know, if that's the case, then I feel like that individual is more likely not to want to continue. Whereas, you know, as long as I'm doing my job as a coach and kind of laying the foundation from the front um, and continuing to reassure them, you know, throughout the process um, that tends to help. And then, you know, of course I'm, you know, I'm somebody's one-on-one coach. And I do always tell my clients, like, I, I'm here for you whenever you need me. So like, you know, if somebody's having a panic attack middle of the week and, you know, a five minute, 10 minute just like pep talk over the phone helps them. I try to make myself available for that, you know, when they need that as well.
0: So you're saying you're more of a therapist than you are a trainer, which is amazing thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, actually people tell me that all the time. Of course, you know, I I know when to refer things out. Like I know what to look for in clients if I'm like, "Ooh, that's kind of a red flag, something that they need to get more help for." But I do find like I am kind of a therapist in a way as well. And you know, and it's really cool because I'm not I'm not a psychology major or anything. I mean, I enjoy psychology, but I feel like that is something that's really important for my job because, you know, I have a lot of Clients and a lot of, you know, not everyone is the same exact with regards to what they respond best to, um, you know, just like my coaching strategy. Like some people need a little bit more like soft lovey dovey, you know, reassurance, whereas some people need that tough love and need for you to just tell them like it is. So it's all kind of about me learning the client and then deciding from there what coaching style they're going to thrive best on.
0: I feel like at the beginning, you're like, you guys either get the shock collar or you're going to get the uh, milkshake at the end. So you got to decide which way Mm -hmm. you want to go with this.
1: I guess so. That's a good way to put it. I guess that's a good analogy.
0: I feel like, uh, you know, when you can, getting somebody to show up is probably 99% of the challenge, right? Getting somebody to think that it's possible that they can transform themselves. And once they show up, generally- have you ever met anybody that has left the gym that has not felt better when they leave the gym than when they got there? It just it, it's a hundred percent all the time. Yeah, you're going to be sore or whatever, but getting in there is the hard part. So how do you uh, manipulate, trick, um, you know? How do you how do you el- elusively get those people in there to make them want to take that first step?
1: Yeah. So whenever I have somebody who's interested in online coaching with me, um, I always set up a we always have a phone call first and foremost. So We'll talk on the phone or we'll do like a a FaceTime or a Zoom or whatever. And we take that like 30 minutes. And and that's where I like to, you know, get as much information as I need from that person. Um, But also it gives them a chance to really, you know, sit down and get to know me as a person and kind of it allows, you know, them to trust me. Um, and I feel like that really helps them to kind of build that trust. And then, you know, once they build that trust, pretty much if I tell them to do something, you know, they're going to do it. And one thing that I have found is with a lot of my clients, they'll tell me, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I want to start with you. And I want to start a program because I know if I have the accountability and also if I know I'm paying for something, I'm going to do it. Right. Um, so I think that is one thing that helps a lot of these people to actually Get, you know, fulfill their goals and go to the gym and stay on top of their diet. Is you know they know they have me each week for accountability, and they also know, hey, like I am paying for this plan. You know, I better not you know let things fall through the seams.
0: I feel like you know in today's instant gratification world, I feel like if I made an appointment with you and showed up, you could transform me in like one session or less. Is that is that true, or does it take more work than that?
1: Um, maybe not physically like i don't think you'd walk out looking like too different but maybe mentally we could do a lot of mental like breakthroughs within that time
0: yeah it's one this is one of those things that uh which we love about entrepreneurs and and training is a very similar thing is that it's hard work it takes commitment mm-hmm. it takes passion it takes accountability it takes all those things and one of the big things it takes is you can't you really hard to do it by yourself. So at some point, you know, you had your mentors, you mentioned your dad and your mom, is there anybody else or were they the driving force that kind of gave you the confidence to say, I can do this?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll bring it back to, and I like tell my mom this all the time. So if she listens to this, she'll definitely know what I'm talking about. Talking about. But back when I was in high school, um, my mom was involved with a I think it was like a group um, in St. Louis, like a very entrepreneurial, um, like spirited group. And she was one of the speakers on their panel all the time. And they actually had like a um, high school like group. So I actually joined that. And then um, they actually held like pitch competitions um, a couple times per year. And I on a whim just decided to enter one, um, and so when I did the pitch competitions, it really um, you know pushed me outside of my comfort zone. I had to like publicly speak in front of all of these like high level entrepreneurs in St. Louis, and um, you know that really gave me the confidence to actually like fulfill public speaking. Um, and and I feel like that kind of pushed me outside of my shell a little bit too, because I was such an introvert in high school, such an introvert. Um, but then I would say. Like other than that, of course, my mom, um, one of my, probably my biggest mentors, um, like my, my boss now um, for, well, I work for a couple different companies, but we'll say the main one, like the online nutrition and training, um, my boss there, he, he's been a really good mentor because, um, he actually, um, I knew of him before I had moved to Tampa. So he lives here in Tampa and, um, he, he does a lot on YouTube. So he has this whole company, but he's also like very big on YouTube as well. And I remember in high school, literally sitting in my room, watching him on YouTube, like watching his videos. And, um, you know, I let alone like flash forward five years later and I'm working for him, but he's been a really influential, um, along the way as well. And then, of course, there's like, there's a few other people that I follow, um, like in this realm of things in the whole fitness, um, kind of niche and everything um, on YouTube, there's two people in particular, um, and they are just these huge entrepreneurs in this industry. And all they although they don't know it, they've definitely influenced and kind of I guess you could say, mentored me along the way because I watch their videos and instantly like it makes me want to do more and it makes me want to like to be better. And it also proves to me that like it is possible to to do something of their capacity.
0: You know, you said one thing I think that is really key for entrepreneurs out there, and that is you have to get you have to be uncomfortable to then get comfortable to achieve anything. If you sit in your safe space, it's just never going to happen you have to get uncomfortable.
1: Absolutely. Yes, yes, I 100% agree with that because I was the shyest person in high school and I'm, um, you know, I would say I'm not as shy now at all. Like I'm more of an extroverted introvert now. Like I like my alone <laughs> time, but I am such like I am a chatty Cathy. Like I will talk to anybody. Um, but you're so right. Like I feel like if it weren't for me getting outside of my comfort zone and like when I moved to Florida five years ago, I didn't know a single person like there was nobody here I knew didn't have any family didn't have any friends. Um, and essentially, like what I would start doing is I, I started just going to like bodybuilding shows or if there was like a an event I knew of like that was kind of like a fitness oriented event I would go to those alone and just kind of walk around and it was so scary at the beginning but that's ultimately like what allowed me to meet people and make connections and you know what's kind of given me the opportunities I have today
0: so you're saying you don't just sit in the basement go online and develop relationships that we have to actually go out and meet people that's crazy
1: Correct. Yes. Yes, I know. And it's, you know, that you hear growing up like that quote, you know, it's not always about what you know, but it's about who you know. And I feel like that. I mean, obviously, it you definitely you want to know stuff yourself. But I think that's such a like valuable quote, because it is so true. Like you have to make those connections. And it, you know, it it really does help to to know influential people, whether or not, you know, they're helping you out or not. Maybe they're just mentoring you or inspiring you. But I feel like that's such an important aspect.
0: I always like that. It's it's not what you know. It's who you know. But it's also who knows you, right? And it's and nobody's going to know you if you don't get out there and do that. So you've been promoting yourself very well doing that. Is your ultimate goal? Do are you more in a as a comp- competitive fitness person, or are you more able to be on the training side and train other people? What is your like position you want to be in eventually, or do you like doing both? Can you do both?
1: Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm doing both. Um, But I will say, when I started this online coaching, um, I started it when I was a junior in college. So I started it kind of part time, right? And then it grew to be full time. And that's kind of what I just transitioned into when I graduated. Um, So when I started, I feel like I started with all, like, we'll say lifestyle clients, meaning, just gen pop people who want to, you know, feel better about themselves. They have no goals of competing on a bodybuilding stage. They just want to feel better about themselves. Um, And then I would say over time, I started taking on more and more like competitors, meaning girls that wanted to exclusively eventually compete, um, you know, in bodybuilding on the, in the bikini division, which is what I've done. Um, And so now I'm kind of in that like limbo phase where I do have a good chunk of both. Um, I feel like now I'm kind of more gearing towards like the competitive side of things. So coaching girls that are um, wanting to compete at the shows, because, you know, that's one thing, like as a coach now, I really try to be involved in the industry of competing, of bodybuilding shows. So I like to go to as many shows as I can. And, you know, that way I'm kind of a familiar face and it shows my clients, but also potential clients that like, Hey, she actually does care about this sport. You know, she is going to these shows. She's, you know, constantly learning and making these connections with, you know, the people there, the judges, all of that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now.
2: So I have a question back to you starting this in the junior year of college. What transpired that said, Hey, I'm just going to start this online coaching my junior year of college.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I actually, before that, um, was doing in-person training at, um, a local gym called crunch. So it's like a commercial gym down here. And, I was doing really well at that, but it was kind of, it was a bad thing because I was also taking 18 credit hours. So, um, it was just like, it was way too much. Like I, I just, I had to give it up. So I, I quit that and, um, I think it was. Hold on timeout.
0: You never say quit. You always oh, say.
1: You pivoted.
0: R- pivoted. Thank pivoted. you. Very important.
1: I, yes, I pivoted in a different direction. And actually, it's funny, I still go to crunch that same crunch all the time and see all my old co workers, but I pivoted. Um, and I actually was approached by the owner of the company that I worked, that I work for today, it's called Team Pro Physique. Um, so I was approached by Paul, the owner. Um, and he, you know, and this just comes from I had made that connection with him in the past, he had seen me at events, I had introduced myself, he reached out to me, because he was like, Hey, you know, our company, Team Pro Physique, is really growing, and you know, um, we needed just a little bit of extra help. I don't really know with what, but just we just need a little bit of extra help around, um, with the company. So I started just kind of helping him, like you know, doing whatever he needed help with. And then he, one day, you know, he told me, He was like, Hey, is your goal to eventually be a coach and i was like absolutely um and he was like okay well i think you know my wife and i we want to hire you to be one of our coaches on our team um so i think we uh, team pro physique in total today has like 20 plus coaches um and i'm probably i mean i think there's like five of us me being one of them that have been around for like three plus years So that's when I started it. Um, So of course, I was like, of course, I want to do this. And I was able to start it, you know, kind of part time. um, Because, you know, I have control over how many clients I take at a time, right. Um, And so now I do it full time. But it was really great for me to start at that point in college, I feel like because I got to start without the pressure of feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to like bring in a certain amount of clients to make X amount of money to pay rent and all of that. Like I didn't really have to stress about that at the time, which was really nice. Um, And I was able to get, you know almost two years of experience doing it before I really took it on full time after graduating.
0: So you're saying you kind of were having fun with this thing. And next thing you know, it turned into like, Hey, this is a viable business.
1: Yes. Like I, it's so weird to me to think like, I mean, if you would have told me four years ago that I would have just like graduated, it granted my graduation was virtual. Cause it was like one of those years, but literally the next day I woke up and I just kind of picked up my work, you know? Um, and it was really cool to have that, like just super easy transition, um, where I didn't have to spend, you know, three months moving back home, living with my parents and not having an income and all of that. So that was, that was a nice transition to be able to make.
0: Do you, you know, everybody, all entrepreneurs generally have some kind of superpower and you, your mom is, is, spokes speaks of this as well, but do you think your superpower, you know, obviously it's you've got skills, um, you know, competitiveness, you've got you're committed, you're driven, all those things. But do you think in the training arena that you have your superpower is more like you just have the it fact where you can recognize potential talent and know that you can develop it? Or are you going to just take anybody to train with? Or do you want to, you trying to get people that are like, hey, I'm going to get them to the next level because I, I can recognize it, I know they have it in them, and I can get them there? Or you're trying to get, or are you more looking at for people that are like, hey, I'm just going to try to get them off the couch and be able to, you know, walk a 5k?
1: Yeah. So generally I find that nowadays I work with a lot of people that are already established with like a fitness nutrition routine. Like it's been part of their lifestyle, but they're looking to take it to the next level. Um, So that's kind of what I'm working with right now. And I feel like one of the things that I really seek to like, like make my super or I guess I don't know if you would call this a superpower. But one of the things I really try my best to do is with my clients, I like to really make that personal, um, you know, like genuine relationship with them. Like, I don't want them to ever feel like just a number because in this industry, um, in the bodybuilding industry with like a lot of high level coaches or high, like, you know, coaches who have had very successful athletes, unfortunately not all, but a lot of those coaches are kind of known for being very, like giving very cookie cutter plans, not being very personable. Um, and when I say cookie cutter, I mean like giving every, Everybody, the same plan. Um, so, you know, my thing is, I really want my clients to recognize and realize like, hey, you're talking to a real person, and I have a relationship with you, and like, I actually care about you as a human as well. Like, of course, I'm coaching my clients on the whole, you know, on the nutrition, on the training, on, you know, all of that stuff. But, you know, I like to know about if they want to let me know about other things, you know, going on in their life. Like, I like to know about them as a person outside of the gym, too. Like, hey, what are your interests? You know, do you have a family? Like, what is your job? I like to know about them um, just, you know, beyond the scope of just their, their training and their diet.
0: So you're you're not like that dance mom's coach. You don't come at people like that.
1: No, no.
0: Well, that's positive. It's, I would
1: definitely probably have zero clients if I did that.
0: But you know, it's funny. You like you said earlier, the you know, as an entrepreneur, you're trying to pivot and adjust to your clients' needs and what they want. And certain clients need the stick, and certain clients need a little back pat, and they're going to be okay. And it's I, I'm curious on your alpha clients that are like, hey, we want to get to the next level. Do they need the stick? Like you got to get in their face and get them on it. Or they need like, come on, Jessica, you can do this. Give me one more rep. Or do you got to get in their face and okay, bring it? uh, Which way do you think it is most generally?
1: So I would say I do get a handful of clients that are like that tell me right off the get go. They're like, I don't really, you know, you don't have to motivate me. Like I just need to be told what to do and I'll do it. And generally those are the ones I don't feel like I have to really like stay on top of, right? Um, Now, I do have some clients every once in a while that will come to me and, you know, they'll tell me what their goal is. And, you know, I have to be that person that's like, whoa, okay, hold up. Like, that is a great goal. But like, let's talk realistically, like that is not realistic to do in the time frame we have, right? Like I have a lot of people that will come to me wanting to compete in a show. And they're like, yeah, I found a show. It's in eight weeks. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, okay, you know, no, like that's, we can, that, we can definitely work towards that eventually, but that is not a realistic goal. So, you know, sometimes I do have those people that come to me that are super gung ho on doing something in a short period of time. And, you know, I always say like, Good coaches are going to always tell their clients what they need to hear, which may not always be in alignment with like what that client wants to hear. But I also have to take into consideration that like coaching these individuals on their training, but also their diet and their nutrition, like it's essentially their health is in my hands. So I don't take that lightly and I'm not, you know, willing to jeopardize anything when it comes to their long-term health, even, you know, for, a, for just a short-term goal.
0: I definitely have a difference of opinion with my trainer because I seem to think that I can eat pizza and chocolate and drink beer and I can still have a great physique. And my guy says that's not possible. So we just agree to disagree. Is that a true statement? Or do you really have to is it really the workout starts with the diet?
1: Yes, honestly, I always and I've told my clients this before, like if I had to pick if I wanted you to be a hundred percent on your diet or your training, I would pick your diet because you cannot out train a bad diet. And I know that because in high school, you know, I, it really truly wasn't until I moved to Tampa for college that I actually started paying attention to like what I was eating. And that's actually when I started to like visually look very different. And I kept getting asked at the gym, like, Hey, do you compete? Like, do you compete? And I hadn't at the time, but just point being like when I actually started paying attention to my nutrition, that's when I started really making changes and actually like looking different.
0: So what you're saying, and I guess what we're saying too, is as an entrepreneur, you, you've got to get outside your comfort zone and ultimately it's a really a mind shift. And basically when you start training in, in a diet regimen, you've got to break all those bad habits. You know, when you become an entrepreneur, you've got to break through all those bad habits, what you're scared of and, and, and get through and try to achieve whatever that greatness that you have. But it's really about breaking bad habits.
1: Yes, yes. And I mean, I'm still learning so much. And I mean, I'm still like growing, I feel like and and trying to find new ways that I can, you know, expand my reach, like for me right now, like with my, so obviously, the the online training and nutrition is like my main source of income. But I do work for like two other small companies within the industry, just doing part time work. Um, But like for me to get my clients it's super important for me to have a really good social media presence. And like, that's where I do all of my marketing. That's where I bring in people. Like people have to find me and see value in me to inquire for coaching. Right. Um, so I also have a YouTube channel that I've started because I, you know, I, that's just another way that people can find me and see value in me and then want to inquire for coaching with me. So, you know, um, like starting YouTube, that was totally outside of my comfort zone. I started that last summer. Um, but you know, it's grown pretty quickly and, um, Um, you know, it's brought in a lot of client inquiries too, which has been cool. So it just goes to show like I did that. It was outside of my comfort zone and it's, you know, it's really paid off.
2: So do you think at any point in time in the future, you're going to want a team around you or you're like, Hey, it's just me and I'm good with that.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I do have, so essentially I do work for a team. However, we like all individuals. So I work for Team Pro Physique. That's the team. Um, And then we have 20 coaches. Right. But all of us coaches, you know, we all have very similar methods and philosophies. Um, However, it's kind of like I am like almost running my own business, except I do have that team behind me, which I really like because I do think that, you know, in bodybuilding, especially it can feel like a very isolating sport. Um, So I think it is nice to have like a team around you to kind of share in that, you know, that same passion, right. Um, And like my clients, um, you know, I've tried to really form a community with my clients, too. So like all of my clients specific to me, yes, they're a part of Team Pro Physique. But we also have like a Facebook group, you know, Team Pro Physique Coach Lexi, we have like, you know, apparel for just my clients. So I've really tried to create a community with just my clients too. But having that whole team name, um, you know, is really nice as well, just for like, just for bonding purposes. And also I have found that like in the bodybuilding community, a lot of competitors really do like to be identified with a team. Um, I don't know. I mean, just some, some people just, just like that. It makes them feel more important.
0: Well, it's not fun if you do it by yourself, right? That's, that's a real yeah. thing.
1: And like for me, too, I'm really bad with the whole like like back end logistics of things. So like it's so nice for me to be able to work for this company and literally spend 100 percent of my time like coaching and interacting with my clients and building their programs and, you know, doing all that rather than having to stress about like, you know, the payroll or the like the technical like system that we use for our clients to check in. Like I don't have to worry about that stuff, which is super nice because I'm not good at that stuff. So it allows me to just be able to solely focus on like what I'm good at, which is just the coaching aspect of things.
0: That's crazy talk that you figured out already that you're supposed to do what you're good at and have other people do what you're not good at. Um, uh, that's a, it's, it's fine that you did that early in your career.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a learning experience for me too. Cause I tend to like always want to take on, as much as possible and sometimes it's hard for me to accept like hey i'm not good at this or or either like i don't have time to do this and i think i need to you know deviate this task to somebody else in order for me to actually do my job better
0: i think the cool part too is when you win an award then you can thank everybody if you have a whole team behind you if it's just all you well i'd like to thank myself i did really great but it's a lot better to thank a team right because everybody was crucial in your success
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's not to say to like, I, have definitely, um, you know, I have some ideas and aspirations to eventually take like this platform I have now with my coaching and my social media and potentially like build something else, um, not like coaching oriented, but you know, a brand that kind of goes along with this, whether it be I mean, I'm just using like a clothing, like a fitness clothing brand as an example, it probably wouldn't be that but, you know, doing something like that, or, you know, creating like a I don't know, like a little food company, like a, you know, protein bar or whatever. Like now that I've really built this platform with like my clients and through my coaching career, I think it'd be really cool to like eventually work towards doing something like that, you know, along with this.
0: If you had a protein bar that tastes like fried chicken, I would be all over that.
1: Oh, you know, there are some really good ones out there. And Uh, like I'm saying, honestly, I I should definitely give you a list because I know that the standard protein bar is known for just like Tasting awful, but there are some good ones out there.
0: So I've I've got a, some fan mail that's coming in while we're talking, and they have a couple of questions I need to relate to you. So the the first thing is, so when you see uh, a competitive bodybuilder, whether it's a fitness or you know muscle, whatever that is, or uh, um, aerobics, whatever that might be, people say, well, oh my gosh, what do you got to do to look like that? And Hey, do you ever get it? Do you always have to be 100% committed? Do you ever get like a guilty pleasure? Can you cheat on your diet at least like four times a day? Or is it like, you know, two times a day? How often can you cheat on your diet? And what's your guilty pleasure?
1: Okay, so I will start off with my guilty pleasure. Oh, that's a, you know, it's so funny because like I'm weird. I don't get like a lot of crazy cravings because I truly enjoy like what I eat day to day. And I think that's why, but I have a sweet tooth. So I do really enjoy like little sweet things every once in a while. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was at my mom's house this past week, like house sitting and dog sitting for her. And of course, you know, their pantry has has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff in there. And um, like, I was guilty of having like a handful of like something I would never normally have. that was like sweet. So I have a sweet tooth. Um, But I would say it's all about depending. It depends on the person's goals, right? So if somebody's goal is very like, we're kind of pressed for time. So if they are competing for a show and you know, we're X amount weeks out, like, no, there really is no room for quote unquote cheating. Right. Um, whereas if somebody's a lifestyle client, um, I like to not look at it as cheating, but like what I'll do is sometimes I'll tell them, Hey, every week we're going to, I'm going to give you an untracked meal, meaning you can kind of use that and it's synonymous with, you know, the, the phrase cheat meal, so to say. So I build those into people's programs if they are somebody who needs them. Now, I've had clients in the past that like don't need them or specifically tell me I don't want a cheat meal because I will like go off the rails and completely lose control. Um, so with lifestyle- I think you're
2: looking at one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, i it's so funny because I recently I've had like two people tell me they're like, Lexi, I don't want an on track meal because I took it last week and I completely just went off the rails. So it's all it goes back to like what I said before. You have to kind of learn the psychology of the person and what they're going to respond best to. Um, but when it comes to a competitive like bodybuilding client who is actively prepping for a bodybuilding show, um, meaning like they're dieting for the show, they're maybe eight, 10 weeks out, whatever it may be no there really isn't much room for like cheating I mean if they cheat that's only gonna impact how they eventually look on stage
0: I feel like if, if I scheduled three training sessions a day with you I could have then three cheat meals a week based on what you're saying that would be really cool but no you're you're the, the this really is a trick question because for whatever reason people it's really hard to Stay committed 100% all the time to achieve your goal. And especially when the everything you see on TV, everything you read on social media, it's always food, food, food. Sit around, watch this. Don't be active. It's unbelievable how hard it is to stay on point. And I think you're right. It, once you get one taste of that salty, sweet, whatever that might be that it triggers it, I mean, it's over. I mean, how do you get back on track? So I, I agree that. When you're committed like you are and like your clients are, if they're trying to get to the next level, they probably don't think like that. They probably don't. It's not even an issue.
1: But Yeah. And it's like, honestly, too, the less you eat that stuff, like the less you eat the chips or the cookies or the cake or whatever it may be, the less you crave it. Like, that is such a real thing. I remember being back in high school and I literally could not go like more than a day without having some type of candy. It was crazy. Now I don't even like eat candy and I don't really think twice about it. So it, you know, it is one of those things, like the less you eat something, the less you expose yourself to those things, you're going to eventually just start to forget about it and not crave it as much.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but we'll look at to disagree. I'm kidding. I, I, I know. know it's still, they say it's true. I've never gotten that far along. Um, <laughs> and here's another question you just came in off the, off the lines here. So, when you're doing this, the competition things, is it better to do the spray tan or real tan?
1: Oh, great question. Spray tan all the way because really, yeah. So for shows, you definitely want to get a spray tan. Um, because if you've ever gone to a bodybuilding show, the, the tan that like we wear on stage, it is not just something you can get from laying out in the sun or going to the local tanning bed. It is an extreme tan. Like it's, it's not a tan I would just want to like throw on to like walk around with. Like it's very dark. Um, and the reason being, the reason it's so dark, if people are wondering, is because when you get on stage and you get under those stage lights, the darkness of the tan really helps to kind of allow your muscles to pop out more and make your muscles more visible. So, for example, um, I competed in three shows back in 2021. Um, in the second show I competed in, I was actually critiqued that my tan was too light. And what it did is it kind of, it washed out my muscles a little bit. Whereas the next show, my tan was darker and you could actually see my muscle definition more. So always doing the spray tan. It's, um, it's, it's a very extreme spray tan, but after show day, you get to like wash it off. Mine usually sticks around for like, weeks like it'll fade of course but i always look orange for like that next week afterwards so i
2: know glenn's next question can he just get the extreme spray tan to show off his muscles
1: oh my gosh you do not want the extreme spray tan. We're <laughs> what? Gonna get what i always have to so thankfully the gym i go to the gym i personally like do my own workouts at there's a lot of bodybuilders there so they understand but I find that like when I'm just walking around with like the excess of my spray tan on, people are like, what? Because you get it from the neck down too. You don't spray your face. Um, so it looks really weird. Like you walk around, you have like a white face with the spray tan on. When So on show day, the reason you don't spray your face for girls is because our makeup artists will contour um, and match our tan to our face. But it's so funny. Like the week after a show, I walk around and my face is essentially white, but the rest of my body is like orange. It's, it's not a great look.
2: I feel like next week I'm going to come into the office and Glenn's face is going to be white and he's
1: going to no, be,
0: I think I'm going to put this hand on my face because I got these great jaw muscles. Cause I talk so much. I got to show those off a little bit.
1: Great thinking.
0: So here's a, here's another tidbit for the entrepreneurs listening to this. And you know, everybody has a timetable or a bandwidth or a, where they're at their peak. Right. And If you don't get the proper advice, if you don't get the proper shortcut, and you have to figure that out on your own and stumble through it, you're going to miss your window. And what you just said about learning these tidbits, and you can apply this to any business out there, whatever you're trying to do, somebody who's trying to train to become one of these elite competitors, just knowing, hey, this is how you do the tan thing. Hey, this is the best thing you can eat with your body type that's going to get you there quicker. You now can prolong the competitive window and give that person more opportunities or more hits to have a chance to be the best they can be versus they're screwing around, meandering through the desert, can't figure it out. And all of a sudden they figure it out and they have one more competition left and then they got to be out because now they're too old. I mean, that is a really a big thing why somebody want to hire any type of expert to help somebody in their field. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, like, by hiring me, I tell my clients, like, let me take away the stress of you having to scramble around and wonder, like, what should I be doing? What's best? Am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? So I think, like, I like to take that stress off of them, but also teach them along the way. Like, I love educating and teaching people along the way. Like, I am definitely not somebody that's just like, do this because I said, so like, I'm always like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. So yeah, I totally agree with that.
0: One final question. So is there somebody out there, obviously besides me, that was your dream coaching person that you'd be like, wow, if I could get that person in a gym and get them on a nutrition regimen, they would be lights out. Is there somebody that you are just questing for that say, man, if I could just get in that person's head?
1: Um, that's a good question. I can't think of any like specific names for people I would potentially want to work, like work with to get them to the next level. I do have a few clients right now though, that I will say, I mean, I won't put their names out there, but I'm like, Ooh, we're going to like, they're going to be really good. Like I I'm getting actually to go to a couple of their shows here in the summer. So I'm so excited about that. Um, but like if they're, I guess kind of turn like on the flip side of things, if there was somebody that I would like, I mean, like to train with or like go spend a day with just to like improve my overall, like just entrepreneurship mindset or whatnot, it would be this guy named Christian Guzman. Um, And for anybody listening, like you should go and look him up because he actually essentially started off kind of I think somewhat doing like what I'm doing now. Um, he started off on YouTube and he has grown a huge empire out in, um, he lives in Houston, Texas Sugarland, And he has this whole like huge gym, but also clothing brand. And he has just all these crazy brands, but he has built this huge empire. So he's probably someone I would want to go spend the day with. Um, if I were to kind of like flip, flip that question too.
0: So it's going to be a, Probably not in the near future where you're going to try to surpass that guy. So that'd be exciting.
1: I hope so. I'm actually going out to um, Houston, Texas at the end of this month to um, attend one of his events. So I am so excited because he's like, he's my ultimate like idol and goal. Like I instantly watch his videos and it just makes me want to like do more and be more and it like motivates me to like take myself further.
0: There's another tidbit for you entrepreneurs, continually educating yourself, continually to learn more, continue to get out of the box that you're in and keep exploring options. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today. Is uh, Would you like to give a little plug of how people can get a hold of you and watch you? Is that appropriate?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, So for me, I would say the best way to reach me, um, I'm really active on Instagram. So Instagram, it's my username is just Lexi, L-E-X-I-E, and then mate, M-A-I-T. Essentially, if you go there, I have a link tree in my bio um, that will direct you to like my YouTube channel. And also, if you are interested in like um, sending in an inquiry for coaching, you can find that link there. So yeah, Instagram is the best way probably to reach me. And then you can also just search my first and last same on YouTube. And that's
0: how you'll find the YouTube channel. Fantastic. I really appreciate you spending time with us and on the entrepreneurs listening to this. I hope you pulled out some nuggets and those are some, a lot of good ones there. Get out of your own way, education, shortcuts, discipline, commitment. All those things are wonderful. Uh, Glenn Harper signing off. and Julie Smith. At Harper and Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.